Shalom, I am Alan. And I am Leontine. Alan and I are professional tour guides, friends, and immigrants to Israel. In this podcast, we talk about everything Israel and our life here. I moved to Israel, fulfilling a lifelong dream after 30 years as a trial lawyer in Memphis, Tennessee. And I have a lot to say about my homeland. And I was born in Holland, then lived and worked as a licensed tour guide in France and ended my journey living and working in Israel. Yalla, let's go! Hey, hello, Ellen. Shalom, Leontine, and Shavua Tov. Shavua Tov, a good week to you. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Really, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a magnificently beautiful day. Yes. I'll tell you what, if we could bottle the weather that we've had this past week uh, in Jerusalem, we could for sell the rest it of for the year? millions yeah. and millions of dollars. We would never have to work another day in our life. Ah, we just sell idea. the weather. Yes, uh, it's, I agree. It's perfect. We are sitting outside sweet listeners at the first station Tachana Harishona in yeah, Hebrew the in first Hebrew, station exactly it used to be a railway station built uh, end of the 1800s I'm sitting at the railroad station got ah. a t- one way ticket to my destination oh, I don't know that one Ooh. I don't know that song no. that's Simon and Garfunkel Ah, so I probably do know it. It's just the way I'm recognized. saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the, the train station is, has not been used anymore since many, 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 many years. And then they turned it into a restaurant, bar, playgrounds, uh, performance place. It's a kind of nice outside place where we probably you also send often people to what can we do in the evening or on a Saturday? It's on the Shabbat. It's also very lively here. So it's a very nice place to go to some very good, one really good restaurant um, that is not kosher. I've never been, but I do send people there, Adom. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. very nice, but very, yeah. uh, very American-like. It's not, it's right. not unique right. to um, this area. Anyway, so you'll hear some noise. And, uh, oh, look, there's a guy. Uh, you'll... <laughs> Wow, Metsuyan. There's a guy going by on a, what is it, a small, uh, what would you call it's it, a four tractor? Wheel, four-wheel bike. He's got his, ah. uh, his little, uh, looks like a two-year-old, three-year-old daughter yeah. on the back. And uh, we just saw a tiny little toddler coming by dressed up as uh, looking uh, like a very nasty police officer. With but his father promised us he was a good cop, yes, not a bad cop. Yes, coffins and a pistol. <laughs> and he even had the anti-bullet protection. He was complete, a complete dress-up. So we're sitting outside. You'll hear some noises, but it's good noises. So um, that's where we are now. So anyway, how was your week? A uh, great week. Uh, yeah? Do you, you remember, uh, I know you remember the course when we were in the, the guide course. Of course, uh, I remember. Those long... Days would be out on the Tiolim on the field trips, mm-hmm. and they would never end because Chaim would keep pushing and pushing and pushing. We'd start at seven in the morning, and we'd go till sometimes we wouldn't get back till midnight. Right. Uh, but on this particular time, we were up in the Galilee, and we were just exhausted, worn out. And he decided we had to make one more stop, and we pulled up into the hills at the foot of uh, the Horns of Hatton, and we go to a place called Nabi Shueb. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to say, maybe you don't remember because they wouldn't let us in. I do remember, yes. 
Yeah, so uh, so they wouldn't let us in. They got on the bus. They gave all kinds of excuses. Some people were wearing shorts, um, but we never made it to Nabi Shueb. Uh, well, I finally made it to Nabi Shueb. This, uh, uh-huh. Yesterday, I was able to take a, a, a group that I was guiding. Uh, we were on the north shore of the Canaret, the Sea of Galilee, and I decided it fit in perfectly with the itinerary of the day. And we went up to the foot of the Horns of Hattin, uh, to Nabi Shueb. Now, who's Nabi Shueb? Nabi is prophet, and it's the prophet Yitro, Jethro. Mm, father-in-law of Moses. The father-in-law of Moses. Uh, Father of uh, Tsipori. Tsipori, Tsipori, right. yes. So he, uh, he was kind of <laughs> made the main prophet, one of the main prophets for the Druze people and the Muslim people. And the Druze control this, uh, <coughs> this site where they believe is the burial place, the tomb of of Jethro, and they have their annual pilgrimage to this site. Every April, uh, people come from all over the world, not just from local. Muslims and Druze from all over the world come to visit the holy site of the tomb of Jethro, Nabi Shueb. Yetro, by the way, Ye- I call Yitro. him. Yetro. 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 <laughs> yes. In Hebrew, it's Yetro, um, but it's it was a wonderful site. I was uh, very, yeah? yes. You know, the reason it's at the foot of uh, Horns of Hattin, remember Salahadin defeats the Saladin, defeats the Crusaders at the Horns of Hattin. And uh, the legend is, is that he has a dream and the angel visits him and says, get on your horse and drive as fast as you can and to the place where the horse will stop, which is the burial place of Jethro. And with that, you will win the battle against the Crusaders. So it traditionally became the, the burial place of uh, Jethro. You go there, the Druze are just lovely people. They keep the place immaculate. Uh, they have a beautiful tomb area. Uh, and at the tomb, they have a footprint of uh, which they claim to be the, the footprint of Jethro. And it's got a beautiful view of the Canaret below and Mount Arbel. And it's a wonderful place. I recommend you, you, you might consider yeah, yeah, uh, going yeah. there yourself or yeah. taking, taking and did one you, of the nice groups. Did you, well, it was not warm enough, I guess. Did you make sure that your tourists were not wearing shorts? Were you uh, stressed uh, about you it? You know, in the wintertime, you don't worry about the no, dress because no. everybody's going to be covered up. But sure enough, when I got to the gate, um, the, the guard says, uh, is everybody, nobody's wearing shorts because it was a beautiful day yesterday. Mm-hmm. The sun was shining. It was warm. He says, is anybody wearing shorts? I said, nope. Mm-hmm. Well, make sure everybody's covered up and, and, you know, as strict as I always remembered that they were that one time we went, once you enter the complex, and it's a huge, it's a very large, beautiful complex, um, they can't be any nicer. They want to tell you all about the site and who's buried there and why he's buried there. And so the people that walk around there, they are just Druze hanging out there or are there Druze working there? Uh, There there are Druze, you know, the the people that wear the white uh, head coverings. There are many uh, Druze holy people there. Mm -hmm. But you also see their picnic tables and the Druze are there having having picnics. Ah, and and it was a Saturday, so they were free. Okay. So it was wonderful. And, And your week? Ah, so my week was good. Actually, I um, it turns out that my I am in a new book that came out today. You're in the book? Like in the book, absolutely. Uh, mentioned in the book. It's called, and it's in English, it's called Beyond Borders. And it's uh, written by a Dutch journalist who uh, wrote a book in Dutch about how uh, in Israel, and you and I, Ellen, we know it, how in Israel... Uh, Jews and Muslims and Christians can work together and um, 
have uh, projects together and have fun together and do good together. And so she, she gives a totally different image of Israel. Uh, Shalom. <laughs> Is it, ah, it's a, sh- the, uh, the podcast. Podcast, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, we're live, Ellen. Let's, in, Hi, in, let's so be spontaneous. Hi, so beautiful women it's walking by. It's a podcast. We say only good things about Israel. Uh, can I say it? Uh, yes. Please. In English? Yes, in English, please. please. In the microphone. Okay. Hello, everybody. <laughs> what is your name? What is your name? My name is Gali. Ah, do you want to say something to the people in the world? Yes. I think uh, Israel is very, very uh, good, good place, good people, everybody nice here, good people, come to Mitcham Atachana, come, come. It's very, very special, very, very good uh, food, and come. Uh, thank you, thank you. She's inviting <laughs> you to come to the uh, first station. Tadaraba, Yom Tov, have a good day. <laughs> Spontaneous. That's nice. So that's why it's nice to broadcast outside. We have to do it every time, I think. It's much nicer. Than I, I love your appointment. But anyway, so this book is about only good things, like uh, Gali was saying. Uh, and uh, uh, it, I think it reached a rather large public in Holland. And then uh, Johanna Nihom, who is the journalist who wrote it, she decided to um, have it also translated into English. And uh, so it was... Shalom, it was pr- published uh, uh, today, so Beyond Borders, and you can, I'm, I'm making free publicity uh, here for Johanna, because she's a great, great, great person, you can actually order it on Amazon and all the other places where you can order e-books also. So oh, well, thank you for that shameless, shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean it, so that was my week. That's, uh, that's great. So look, so beautiful day, and we've got an interesting, fun topic to talk about getting outside. Um, one of our, really our number one listeners, uh, we have several uh, loyal listeners, but probably the l- most loyal listener is my sister-in-law, Kathy, in Buffalo. You know, every Sunday when I, when I post the, uh, when I publish the episodes, I go to see who's listening, and immediately I see uh, a listener from Buffalo, New York, and I always know it's my sister-in-law, Kathy. Ah, but I think we have a second best listener, but we'll talk about her a little bit later. Yeah, yeah go on. Uh, so Ka- but Kathy, I'm going to put her at the top. And okay. Kathy, she's asking, where is the best um, uh, nature hikes in Israel? Which is not an uncommon question. I don't know about you. Every time I'm guiding, every time, uh, everybody always wants to know where is our best hike. In fact, I think one of our questions was, once we answered in a very short way, uh, nice hike. So today... Uh, the topic is our your your favorite and my favorite uh, nature mm-hmm. hike. Mm-hmm. I told Kathy that's Kathy that's like asking me my favorite my favorite daughter. You know, <laughs> uh, you can't have a favorite hike. There's so many incredibly amazing hikes in Israel. We mm. have 20 of them within 15 minutes of where we're where we're sitting now. But okay, if you want us to talk about our favorite, we'll talk about our favorite. So, what is your favorite okay, hike so in Israel? It's a very good question, and it's true that people do ask me very often, first of all, what is my favorite place to guide, which is another very difficult question to answer. And um, You know what I always say when they ask me my favorite place to guide? I say wherever I was yesterday right. and wherever I'm going tomorrow. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, because the, the problem is when you're guiding, this is a little side 
uh, if you're guiding every day, every day the same place, then for sure you get a little bit bored. But then it's exactly as you say. Then you guide the next something else, and then you miss the <laughs> the place that you guided before. So it's uh, really all of Israel L- is Lee great Ting, to guide. How many times anyway, I, I got a question yeah, for you. Yeah. How many times have you stood at a site or, mm. or, or hiking mm. and said, "Oh, this is my favorite"? Ah, uh, no, I don't say that. Oh, really? No, we are yeah. very different guides. Yes. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't say no. I don't say that. Yeah, you're so yeah, I'm so European. I'm very European. Yes, very neutral. But I found it very difficult to choose, so I choose two. I'm sorry, and I I realize that I choose them uh, not only for the uh, landscape and the hike by itself, but also for the memory that it left that it left with me. So I, I think it's it's uh, if you went for a for a hike in a beautiful beautiful surrounding but you were fighting with your wife or your husband all the time then you don't have a good <laughs> then even if the place is amazing so I, I went to these two hikes uh, a few times and I have such a good nice memory about them that they became I would say my favorite hikes and on top of it they are beautiful so one of them you know already because I've mentioned it already a few times it's uh, the walk uh, by the beach uh, between uh, Dor and Habonim. There are dunes, but dunes made from korkar, from like uh, stone dunes. Beautiful flowers that fl- flower all year long. And then you have these creeks. Uh, coves. Coves, not creeks, coves. These little beaches, uh, kind of hidden. Yeah, with you feel um, like you're on Gilligan's uh, Crystal island. clear water, exactly. Ex- it's basically what I don't have in Holland, I guess. Everything that's contrary to, to Holland. In Holland you have beautiful beaches, but it's the North Sea. It's not, it's not the same. So, uh, so that's by the sea. It's north of Caesarea on the Mediterranean Sea. And the other hike that I have a very good memory of and that's very, very beautiful is the hike through the canyon of Gamla. So uh, that is actually uh, east of Kinneret, of the Sea of Galilee, on the Golan Heights. Uh, There is a very, very impressive uh, historical archaeological site with an amazing story that we'll talk about one day. You have, we call them in Dutch, Hunnebedde. And uh, what is the name for it again? These uh, old stones that are like thousands and thousands of years old, that big stones that people would put there to say that this is where people were buried. Oh, I forgot the name. Oh, like this. The, uh, this dolmens. Do- dolmens. 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 D-O-L-M-E-N-S. Yes. Dolmens. Dolmens. And there is a lookout for vultures, which is also really amazing. And then you have this hike through a canyon that brings you to the biggest, tallest Israeli waterfall. Ah, the, the Gamla Fall, yeah. yes. And you, there is also this bridge that goes over the canyon where you can look at the waterfall. But... <coughs> I was hoping <coughs> not to cough. You told me you, you're taking medication for this. Mm. Anyway, it's better. And you walk through the canyon. You can walk through the canyon also. And it's it's just beautiful, really beautiful. You have cliffs all around you, lots of vegetation. It's very green. You're on the Golan Heights, so even in the summer it doesn't get too hot. And uh, the only thing is that when you do the hike, you, you either do it going up and down, or you go one way and then you hitchhike your way back, which in Israel you can still hitchhike. It's not dangerous or anything and very common to do. And um, both the walks are beautiful, very different from each other. 
so Dora Habonim and Gamla, with both the hikes. I have very nice memories from these uh, hikes. And I thought, who is going to talk about the Gamla waterfall? Nobody. So that's also why I choose it. What about you? It's funny that you say, who's going to talk about the Gamla <laughs> waterfall? You and I did not compare notes and didn't no. talk beforehand. Uh, and I, I never in my wildest imagination thought that we would even pick anything remotely uh, close uh, to the same um, hike, although you and I have been on some pretty incredible hikes together. Uh, you know, I, it could have been, we could have said uh, Nahal Og, we yes. could have said Nahal. Katlaf. Uh, uh, what's the one, not uh, Nahal David, but Nahal Arugot oh, yeah. uh, that we yeah. love. It could yeah. have been Katlav. Oh my God, that's a, that's a beautiful one. Yes. Or Sataf, or. Or the the Shvil Hamayanot, the or path Kelt, of Wadi Kelt. Oh, Wadi Kelt. Yeah. That was one of my favorites of all times when I was a young younger person. Yeah. We could have picked. I could have picked. I could have picked, and I tried to stay away from anything that you would have thought of. Uh huh. And what did I settle on? I settled on the Yehudia, which is right next door to Gamla. Which is right <laughs> near Gamla in the Golan Heights. Ah, uh, but the Golan is so beautiful. The Golan, you know, yeah. is it, first of all, it's, it's vast. It's massive. Mm. Uh, there's so many fantastic hikes there. If you think about all the hikes, you have, you have the Gamla. You have uh, um, uh, what's the one uh, Zavitan. Mm. Uh, you know, y- you have um, the Jilaboon. Yeah, Jilaboon, uh, and you have all the, the officers' pools. You have like the Mishushim. Yeah, the Mishushim with yeah. the. It, so they're incredible hikes. The reason you have such incredible hiking, and you wouldn't know it. When you drive across the Golan Heights on the surface roads, you would have no idea mm-hmm. uh, what's hidden in the cracks of the earth. The key, these are hike, hiking, these are valleys that are created by the earthquakes, by the volcanoes and the pressure of the Golan Heights. So deep in the crevices mm-hmm. of the earth, you find these, these, uh, these canyons. Uh, Filled like, with water. Like, uh, and oftentimes yeah. with yeah. water, and yeah. water that runs all year round so you right. can and the best time to go hiking in the Golan I think is in the winter time because uh, the winter time is when you see the flowers of the Golan uh, the water is running uh, strong uh, and it's also nice and comfortable in the yeah. summer it's much too hot so the reason I chose uh, because it's always been my favorite and it's also for nostalgic reasons is the Yehudia ah. uh, the Yehudia also because it's a more challenging has always been to me a more challenging hike uh, I first went there uh, my memory is I took my my kids uh, the four girls and Diane we went on one of our visits to Israel I was looking for I had asked probably a tour guide then what is the best hike in Israel and he said you have to go to the Yehudia uh-huh. so we went to the Yehudia we arrived it was a hot day and they won't even let you go into the canyon unless you carry at least two liters of water. Ah, like okay. uh, Arugot, you were yes. the same, yeah. yeah. And the problem was my girls were young, so I ended up carrying everybody's uh, water bottles, which uh, wouldn't have been such a problem, except once you go into the canyon, yeah. you come first to a pool, It's a very waterfall. deep, deep water, right? It's deep water, yeah. and that's fine, because you climb down, you swim, and you have a nice time, but then you continue on, and you come to another waterfall in a pool. But this one, you have to either jump down into the pool or climb down ladders, and the pool is deep. Yeah. And you have to swim across the pool to continue the to get to the other side ah. and continue down. And this and with you your have, 20 liters you of have water, several pools. You were sinking. The girls went down, and then I followed. You know, like 
like trying to, to, to swim for my life with all of these uh, liters of, of water. And the reason I remember it most is because my one of my daughters, Gabby, has a fear. She fears a lot. of She's, a, she, she's amazing. But she has certain, she's always had certain fears. One is of water. Okay. okay. And the second is heights. So ah. to talk her down these ladders into these pools, to swim across the pools, that in of itself was the most incredible accomplishment. Wow. And at the end, we, we had a great, uh, a great memory of that hike. So it's a beautiful hike. The problem these days is uh, they've often closed sections of it because of falling rocks uh-huh. and because the cows have been defecating in, the, in some of these uh, rivers, and sometimes they close it because of uh, bacteria. The other thing I warn you about these hikes going into these canyons of uh, the Golan, while it's beautiful, I mean, it's very dramatic landscape uh but when you're going in you're going in deep 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 in it which means what goes down you have to go up again must come up True. so you have to climb yeah. out of the canyons and that's after you have because uh, the Yehudia is a six the, the 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 one we did is a six hour hike yeah it's yeah it's a long long hike so you you know <laughs> you're you just hiked all day and you're exhausted and you've swam across pools and you get to the end thinking ah great it's over we're going back to the to the uh, visitor center but then you look up and you see you have to go up and up and up and up and up and up and up. Uh, but it's an incredible hike. And one thing that's great, because when you go to this hike, you go to, do you, have you been to the visitor center for Yehudia? Yes, but I don't remember. It, it, it actually is the, you can go to this visitor center mm-hmm. and it's the trailhead. It's where the trailheads meet for the Zavitan, the lower and upper Zavitan and the lower and upper Yehudia. So you can choose uh, which, which track you're going to go on. So that's, that's my 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 all-time favorite is the right new right idea. yeah it's and it, it's amazing but it's true it's uh, you have to be well prepared you have to uh, spend the whole day whereas gamla is much shorter so is our drawer and uh, drawer habonim uh, which actually we we didn't uh, discuss before what hikes we were going to take but now when i think of it they're very complementary Complimentary? Do you say that they they go together very well because like peas and carrots. They the Gamla is easy. It's an easy peasy walk, and even though it, the the landscape is dramatic, not so, not so easy. Climbing up, going climbing up to the Gamla is, is yeah. can be challenging. Yeah, I yeah. It's a yeah. steep it's yes. a steep ascent. Yeah, a steep climb. Yeah, but not as difficult as uh, as not Yehudia. No. no, 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 not the same, and it's a, a lot shorter. So, uh, but that's the beauty of. Um, of uh, Israel, isn't it? So, but it's funny that we choose the same region. The Golan, I have to say, uh, and then we'll go to the question, that pe- when people ask me and they insist, what is your most uh, favorite area in Israel? Usually I end up saying the Golan. So, the, because the Golan, it's, uh, like you say, it's very dramatic landscape. It looks very flat and okay, but then uh, if you go a little bit deeper into it, there is, a, and there you have all the nature and the waterfalls and the rivers and, and the history and uh, everything. It's yeah, but, but my favorite is also the Galilee and, and the Negev and the Judean <laughs> Desert and, and the, the coastal plain yes, yes, yes. and the foothills of Jerusalem yeah, yeah, and yeah. the mountains of Jerusalem, yeah. Samaria, right. Judea, and so on and so forth. Mm. So that was a great ca- uh, question, Kathy. Now we actually have another question from a listener. Yeah, so we have our question of a very, very faithful, our second best listener but uh, I would say uh, maybe 
even equal to your sister-in-law, Diane K. from Rochester. Hi, Diane, how are you? So she sent me an, a long email, but basically her question was the following. She was in Israel uh, in December for a couple of weeks, and she drove through the Negev desert. She saw there Bedouin communities, and she wants to know how many Bedouins are living in Israel. Ellen. Ah, Diane Kay from Rochester. First of all, Rochester. Wow. So it's not, it's, it, it, it makes sense that you're a number one listener because my sister-in-law, Kathy, is in Buffalo, which is an ah. hour, it's an hour away from, from Rochester. Oh, she's very, asking about the snow close. in Buffalo, by the way. Ah, the snow in Buffalo. Look, uh, Buffalo and Rochester both get a lot of snow. Right. And this year, Buffalo has just been clobbered storm after yeah, storm. Yeah, Uh, they were in the news uh, yeah. because of a lot of uh, deaths, uh, but uh, uh, my family's uh, doing doing fine. Um, and so, Diane from Rochester, here's the answer to your question, and thank you for asking. I think you've asked another question before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, look, um, the Bedouin is a topic in and of itself. I think that would be a great uh, topic to talk about the Bedouin in general of Israel. Uh, but in the Negev, when you drive through the Negev and you see all the communities, some are recognized, some unrecognized. Uh, at the time of the creation of the State of Israel, which is in 1948, there were 12,000 uh, plus or minus Bedouin living in the Negev. Ah, uh, 12,000 only? In 1948. Wow. Today, we have uh, approximately 250,000 yeah. uh, Bedouin in the Negev. Um, and uh, like I said, that's a whole story in itself. Uh, many of them live in these unrecognized villages. Uh, which you see scattered out through throughout the Negev Desert. And then others live in seven uh, cities that the state of Israel created, one of which is like Rahat, you know Rahat, where they have Soda Stream? Rahat, yes. Rahat. Uh, and there's Tel Sheva, and there's five or six others. But uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I think, what do you think about talking about the Bedouin? Ah, uh, it's a topic. Very, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, uh, yes. Very fascinating good. story. Very fascinating, uh, yes. Ties back to the, the biblical stories of Israel. Yes, so, yes. Right. Okay, so that's going to be our topic maybe next time or next, next, next time. Okay, so that's it. Direct from um, the first station and speak to you next week. Bye, Ellen. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to Yala Israel. Send your questions by email at yalaisraelpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at yalaisraelpodcast. This podcast was made possible with the help of Leah Kramer, our editor, Elliot Musses, our musician, and Shai Aloni, our cover art designer.